what we're doing is, so I have, uh, I'll show you. Um, we are here in the podcast room and we are all set up. Um, this is my red podcasting tea hat that I wear. I Without further ado, drum roll. That was an awful drum roll. Um, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tea with Abby, where we talk about the tea, the truth of what it's like to be a first-time founder, a company here in the Accelerator at Capital Factory, and a female founder. Um, I am so excited for episode number 10 this morning uh, with my guest, Renee Graham, the founder an architect behind Renzo Box. Everyone say welcome to Renee. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, so tell us where you are right now and what are you doing? Yes, I am in Shenzhen, China right now, and I am here visiting a factory that produces, the manufacturer that produces Renzo Boxes. What a perfect time for us to be chatting. I know. And so is this... Like 9 a.m. in Texas yeah. and in Austin, and it's like 11, it's like close to midnight. It's like 11.30. That is crazy. <laughs> so, Technology. Yeah. So is this something part of, you know, what you have to do to maintain your business? Like, do you travel there often? Yeah, so, um, I mean, Renzo Box is like a new technology, totally new design mm -hmm. product. And um, I, you know, as a startup, like, I, I can't, I, I, this is something that I designed and I created. And it's very important to me that the manufacturing process, like, goes really smoothly and the quality control is there. Of course. And so for these first few rounds, it's really important for me to, to be here and be part of, actively part of the process. So even for the first round, like before we even got into production mode, I came here like five times. Wow. And <laughs> so this is like maybe my seventh or eighth time in the last two years that I've been. Wow. Yeah. yeah I saw that. Um, congratulations. You're coming up on a second, like a second birthday, right? For the company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we launched, um, last year, like right around, like, a, like, a, a, about 14 months ago or so, like a little bit over a year ago. Um, is when we launched the first uh, round and um, we, you know, it, it, it kind of takes a while if you're, if you're manufacturing like a physical product. So probably about a year prior to that was when we were in design and kind of, mm -hmm. the, you know, manufacturing design sort of mode, engineering mode and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's about, uh, it was about eight to 10 months of pre-production before we actually launched. So, I yeah. see. And um, talk to me about the moment that you decided or not decided, I guess, the moment that this idea hit you and uh, what that felt like and, you know, why you chose to pursue this idea. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> I think Rent-A-Box um, came to me while I was sitting on a train. Um, I was on my way, this, I, I was in grad school actually, mm -hmm in architecture school in Houston at, at Rice. And I, 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 w I worked my way through school. This is a really important thing for me to say because 
Um, I think some people just sort of think like entrepreneurs, you just like have this idea and you just go for it and you have all this money like stashed away somewhere. No, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I just, like randomly had this idea um, when I was in grad school because I, I worked my way through school, um, didn't have much money at all. Rice is a very, very expensive program. And so um, I had this job at an architecture firm in downtown Houston. I leave class one day. Um, I always carried with me my makeup bag. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm on the train going to downtown Houston. I'm putting on my makeup and I like, you know, you, you know how you kind of like dump out your makeup bag while oh, you're yeah. putting on your makeup, you kind of like, you know. I literally like, just did that in the bathroom here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do this. I, I, I it grosses me out, honestly, all the time. I'm always like, oh, I shouldn't yeah, put that there. Right. So I like kind of dump, I kind of dump my bag out on the, on the seat next to me. And, um, I'm putting on my makeup, my, you know, my makeup products are sort of sitting in the, in the seat next to me and the train kind of does this like this little like jolt <gasps> <laughs> and all of my makeup products just like go like flying down oh, the train no. car and I'm going, Oh my God, what the F am I doing? This is ridiculous. You know, I just spent like an all nighter in studio. I'd had no sleep whatsoever. And I'm just trying to get ready for work and um, I feel like a total moron here, like running down the train car pack, you know, like trying to like run after my eyeliner or whatever. And um, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this is the most ridiculous thing. There has to be a better way for this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I gather it all up. I sit back down. I put my makeup on. And the next thing I do is I pull out my sketchbook and I'm, I'm looking at my makeup bag. I'm going, there's a better way for this. And the first thing, you know, I, I sketch out the concept for the early concept for Renzo Box, which is essentially wow. a modular concept for makeup. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, we all have gone through this thing where we like buy a palette, you know, we buy products here and there from different brands and we kind of had this sort of, you know, collection of stuff. But in reality, the amount of stuff that we carry around, like think about the amount of packaging right? or the amount of extra shades or whatever that you're carrying around in your makeup bag versus what you're actually putting on your face. Right. It doesn't allow like that. You carry about. Yeah. Yeah. I have like, you know, I have two eyeshadow palettes in my makeup bag right now and I only use one color off of each palette. So the other colors look yeah. fresh and the one color I use is, you know, totally used up. <laughs> but I drag yeah. it around. <laughs> wow. So this is, this I see. Is yeah. This is what I'm looking at in my own makeup bag and I'm going, this, this makes no sense. Um, and so I came up with the concept for Renzo box. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like Lego pieces, you know, you, you, and you, and you build it together and you, you put, you, you put it together the way you want it to. So, um, I, that I is, that that's brilliant. So you came up, uh, so it hits you on the train, like, uh, all great entrepreneurs get ideas when a problem arises. Um, what was it like to then take that sketch that you had made right there to, okay, now you're, now you're at your manufacturer, uh, almost two years later. So how long, yeah. how long did it take to get it up and, you know, turn it into the thing? Okay. So I'm going to be real honest here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this, this is going to age me a little bit. Um, that time in grad school was a long time ago, actually. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do anything with that concept for like seven or eight years. Wow. It just sat there. I Instead, I became an architect. Like I didn't pursue it whatsoever. I 
began a practice. I designed buildings. Yes. And then one day I came in from a job site. You know, it's like 100 degrees in Texas. I'm sweating. My make, you know, my, my face and makeup has like completely melted mm-hmm. off. And I have a meeting to go to. And I go through the same process again of like dumping out my makeup bag or whatever. And um, yeah, that's when I finally decided uh, that I'm going to pursue this. And uh, I started doing these, uh, you know, I, I did like an early 3D model. Mm-hmm. This is something that's very, like digital 3D model. Mm-hmm. This is something that's very um, easy for architects to do. This is sure. What we do is like uh, 3D models on the computer. Mm-hmm. And we did, I did some 3D prints and that sort of thing. And um, then I, I actually, I ended up taking two interns. We went to... BeautyCon in LA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about BeautyCon. I'm I'm kind of like I'm aware of beauty cons in general, but I'm not the specific one. Okay, so BeautyCon is kind of like the Comic Con of sure. the beauty world. Sure. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So it's like if you anything, it's it's just a crazy be- makeup like, artists, hair products, yes. craziness, yes. influencers, yes, the whole thing. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You got it. You got it. Um, and so I took two interns there and all we had was like a, a computer generated rendering of Renzo, of the Renzo box. And so it's not even a real thing yet. It's literally a photorealistic rendering. And we walk around for two days and in those two days, we're just talking to different women and mm-hmm. makeup enthusiasts about Renzo box, about the concept of it. And we pre-sold about a dozen of them just <laughs> with the, wow. Not even a real product. Wow. <laughs> and so that's when I knew. I was like, okay. And, I, and just watching people's faces, like, when they were like, holy cow, you're telling me I can get eyeshadow from Urban Decay and blush from NARS in the same palette. And they're, like, everyone's mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I because. See it. I, yeah. I was like, okay, this is a thing. Yeah. Wow. So this idea, it does not exist. There's demand for it. And it just kind of hits the ground running from there. Wow. Yeah, that That's yeah. amazing. So yeah, immediately after that, I tried to figure out manufacturing. So that was like, okay, this is the thing. I got it. I got to manufacture this. <laughs> so are you still running your architecture firm as well? Uh, so I still have a couple of smaller projects, mm-hmm. but it's not a full-time thing now. Now it's like, wow. now it's like, Architecture is my sidekick. Wow, that's crazy. It's <laughs> a strange thing for me to say. Yeah. I understand what that feels like because um, up until this point, I've supplemented uh, my acting career, which is what I was doing before we started a company, which I, I still do, yeah. um, with fitness, group fitness instruction. And I'm leaving that job um, on the 30th of this month, actually, uh, because it's time after seven years of having, you know, the side gig that's great. It kept me in shape and connected to the community. And I learned this unbelievable skill. You know, I've taught classes to like 300 people. Um, but wow. yeah, it's it's time that, you know, that's kind of blended sense our 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 baby is no longer just a concept yeah. but it's like a living and breathing thing yeah. that can support us um wow yeah. that's crazy and then what was the decision to come into the accelerator and um be a part of this program here at capital factory yeah um i mean i think capital factory kind of has has a reputation in and of itself in austin um austin is very entrepreneurial friendly oh yeah i think um when it comes to places in Texas, um, if you're going to grow and raise a business, uh, for me, I actually thought I was going to 
move to LA or New York because the beauty industry sure. in general in the United States is LA and New York. Um, but my company is actually both hardware, you know, like beauty is a physical product. So when I say hardware, I mean a physical product, um, but it's also software. And um, so the two things together, when I was trying to figure out like, how am I going to build this company mm. um, on either coasts would have been tremendously expensive of course. to the point that it would have been impossible to actually, it would have been prohibitive um, as a startup to even get it off the ground. Sure. And um, Texas is actually hardware friendly and it's, and Austin is very software friendly, you know, very, Austin's, you know, Silicon Hills sort of thing. Yes. Right? So, um, it just made a ton of sense. And, um, I went to UT for undergrad, Okay, a place that I've always really loved. Um, and Capital Factory has really been, um, supportive of a lot of sort of unique and interesting ideas, it seems like to me. And I, I thought like, this is a community that feels like it would be good to grow Renzo Box. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We I couldn't agree more. Um after our pitch day, the thought of having to go home and just get keep the grind up, going from the house to the coffee shop to this to that, trying to, you know, trying to keep it going. Um we've I feel like we've accelerated simply because we get to be in this environment every day and have access to like yeah. the podcast room. Um it's been amazing. Well, I love your beauty meets brain slogan. Um, I'm so curious, where does the word Renzo come from? Okay, so Renzo is actually completely made up. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it is. It's a complete, like, I completely made it up. Uh, so I'll tell you this. It started from, I wanted the logo to be a nine square grid. So if you mm-hmm. look at the logo... It's R-E-N-C-O-E-B-O-X. So like three, three, right. three, right? Three letters, three letters, three letters. And um, it started as, so I knew I wanted to be a nine square grid, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And so it was, it was going to be something, something box. Yeah. Like, I know this is a box. I'm making a box, right? Um, and I started putting together syllables, just three letter syllables. And I, I came across Renzo pretty early and I actually threw it out because there's a very famous architect by the name of Renzo Piano, mm-hmm. an Italian architect who's done some wonderful things throughout Texas, actually. And um, I thought, maybe that's a little bit cheesy. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I came back to it because, um, for one, it kind of sounds like, well, one, nobody who, you know, like people who aren't architects don't really know who Renzo Piano is. Mm-hmm. Well. So I was like, all right, forget about that part. Um, but the second was like, I, I liked it. It kind of sounds like a, like bent, like a bento box, mm-hmm. you know, like a Japanese bento box. Yes. And if you think about it, Renzo box kind of is like that. Yeah. Um, and then if you look really closely at the logo, um, it actually, my name is Renee, right? So it's R E N E. It's just spelled a, a kind of unique way. Normally Renee is spelled with two E's at the end, but mine just has one E. And if you look at the logo, so if you, it's R E N across uh, the three letters, like across at the top. And then if you drop down one, there's another E. And so my name is actually in the logo. <laughs> that's amazing. Thought, that's, well, that's sort of clever. I like it. Very um, clever. And then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no other Renzo out there. And, you know, I could get all the URLs and all the things. So that's where it came from. Wow. Um, how did you get Rose McGowan to give you a testimonial? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, so I went to um, this event called uh, Worlds in L.A. 
and um, it's basically like a leadership summit with a lot of C-suite, um, Fortune 500 company sort of things, and um, Rose McGowan. Um, I gosh, there were a lot of really incredible people that were there, and I had the opportunity to run the green room, which is like the backstage for all of the uh, basically everyone everyone who is speaking mm-hmm. at the event. Mm-hmm. Um, came to the green room that was backstage of the main stage, and Renzo Box was basically running the green room. So um, mm. we took care of if anyone needed makeup touch-ups or just wanted their hair cut oh, nice. before they got on stage or that sort of thing. So we ran that, and I got to sit and chat with all these amazing, amazing stars. Um, so yeah, Rose McGowan was there, and um, I, you know, that is so cool. That is so cool. That is so cool. Okay. Lisa Leslie was there also. Lisa Leslie is a, you know, she's like four-time gold medalist. And uh, she was just a wonderful human being. And when she saw the concept, she was like, this is fantastic. I don't have my makeup in the bottom of my bag anymore. So, yeah. Wow. It was super cool. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay, two quick fire questions. What is your um, most memorable or biggest win, something that you love to think on, a really fond memory in the journey of your time um, as the founder of Renzo? Box. (laughs) Okay. Uh, it might be hard to pick one. Win. You just described something so amazing, but. Yeah. That, yeah. That, those were definitely amazing moments. Um, I would say uh, the moment when I kind of overcame, this is going to sound really cheesy, but like as a, as a woman traveling to Asia to figure out manufacturing on my own, Mm. Um, I didn't, I have no background in manufacturing whatsoever. And, uh, when I kind of like when I went through the process and I had to do it a bit on faith and a bit on, you know, just trusting my gut. And I was completely terrified at some moments. Like there was definitely a moment when I hopped in a van with like five strangers Chinese men that I did not know and they like took me to the factory um and I you know I just I I had to do it I this or I walk away and I don't I don't right and I and I came away like about 48 hours later and I had a real working prototype of Renzobox for the first time that was like a manufacturable version of it and I I just I had it was it's such a strange thing to like go from concept to having this physical thing in reality um and knowing that you're like on the path yes on, like on the right path to get there yes um that was that was this amazing moment for me what a phenomenal <laughs> it, it was really like a i i crossed you know pacific ocean literally this other world yeah figured out this whole other system and that kind of thing it was it that takes the word place. journey and like literally that was a journey and I'm sure yeah. you, you what it sounds like um, uh, not just physically but you know mentally what a change so as you've uh, you know the beauty industry is obviously dominated by women however you just spoke about manufacturing um, are you often navigating spaces as the only female in the room 
or what's that been like um, in terms of, you know, being like, no, this is a real credible idea. There's demand for this and people want that. Have you experienced any pushback because you're a female founder? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So first, I'm just going to go ahead and just just barge the rumor that uh, beauty, you would think that beauty is mostly female. And while it is in terms of the user base, it is not at the top. Really? If you, if you, yeah, absolutely. If you go look at like, oh, well, that makes sense. And, um, historically they're, they're actually at the top levels. They're run by a lot of men, which is so bizarre, but, uh, no, actually I went, I've been in meetings all like all day today, all day yesterday. Um, and they were all men, all of them, except for me. Um, and this is in the manufacturing process. And, um, I pitched to a lot of different VCs and potential investors, and those are all men as Mm -hmm. well for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that percentage in terms of investors is probably 90% men. Wow. And I have to say, I do a lot of networking and I try to do a lot of these female founder things and female VC things. And I was part of All Raise this summer. Um, and I've, I've been doing a lot of that stuff, so I'm getting more and more into it. Um, but in general, the statistics are true, you know, like 2% of VC funding went to females last year. And that's just a, you know, like these are the, these are the real odds that we're up against. And, um. So yeah, you just kind of have to, I, you just have to go with it. Yeah. Is there, is, is. is there any tactics that you use when walking into the room, whether it's to prepare yourself and feel confident and strong, or you're in that room navigating? Um, for example, I was speaking with, um, Carrie Rupp during the mentor hours here from True Wealth Ventures and, um, you know, we were just kind of talking about the idea that when women are in that investor table, they they get more risk adverse questions and more questions about how this is not going to work. Whereas men get, uh, you know, promotion questions and all of these big vision things. And it, we had a conversation about not being afraid um, in the in that scenario with an investor to be less pragmatic, be more um visionary and big and bravado so is there anything that you do when you're when you find yourself in a conversation where you look out to a sea of people who don't look like you (laughs) yeah um okay so um, there's there's a couple of responses to that question the first one is that um there's a there's a there's a mental state Mm -hmm. that you know you have to prepare for Mm. when you walk into the room every single time Um, and for me, that mental state is, um, something that I've carried with me since I was actually a kid, uh, which is I can point to people. I look for people around me who have done it before me. Mm. I find other found, like in this case, I find other founders Mm. who have done it and they've raised, like, I I need to raise a lot of money to make Renzo Box work. Mm. Like I said, I'm doing hardware and software. This is not cheap. Right. So we're talking multi, multi millions of dollars, right? In order to build this company. And I look around me to other founders who have done it and I think, okay, they did it and they had less traction than me. If they did it, I can do it, right? And this is something I've carried with me since I was a kid. Like I remember being a kid at 
Six Flags and really wanting to go on the roller coaster and being terrified. <laughs> but then I would see some, you know, small, you know, someone's shorter than me or some little boy who came off of it. And I was like, oh, I would see him. I'd be like, okay, he did it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So that's my mental preparation before I get into the room, right? Like my mental preparation before I even walk into the room is like, okay, I know that X, Y, Z person mm-hmm. has done it. If they've done it, I can, I can fucking do this. Um, so that's one thing. That's brilliant. Um, the second thing is, uh, you have to, you have to find empathy. Hmm. Um, there is, I already know when I walk into the room that more than likely I'm pitching to men. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that I'm, I'm walking in and pitching to a hundred percent men. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to be the case, then they don't know any, they don't know shit about beauty. They don't know anything about the pain points of what it is to put on makeup or shop for makeup or any of that stuff. And so I have to go in and, and try to like, you know, adjust my pitch to what it would be uh, to help them understand the pain points, mm. you know? Um, and if I can just kind of like slightly scratch the surface, I think this is so true when, when people say like, the only point of that meeting is to get to the next meeting, right? Like you need to be intriguing enough to get to the next meeting. And so for me, it's like, let me empathize enough. Mm. So that I, you know, I know that they're not going to understand the pain points of shopping for makeup since they were 12 years old, because that's what you and I have been doing. Right. So like, how do I get to a point where they can just sit in my shoes for a second understanding, I don't know, like the idea of confidence or the idea of being prepared to walk into a meeting or the idea of just putting your best foot forward or, you know, like presenting yourself in a professional environment, right? Because these are the things that we think about when we're putting on makeup. So it's that kind of empathizing. Um, That's, that's the like second most important thing to me is like, I, I just need to know my audience essentially. That's brilliant. That's such a great piece of advice. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of opens the floor up to get a little creative and, and not have to get stuck in pitching a specific way, um, but that you can you can sort of uh, breathe and allow that room to dictate what the conversation's going to be like. And then while maintaining control, right, not letting um, yeah. get get overrun by who else is in the room. Um, what our, our first value at Blended Sense is empathy. Uh, I, I believe so hard in what you just said. Um, the idea that we can all find something in each other to relate and connect through. Um, yep. It's that, you know, we're human and, and we all crave that connection. And it's so brilliant when you finally do establish a connection point and, and everyone in the room gets it. I bet that must feel really so good when, you know, you can feel everyone's wheels click and, and they understand what's going yeah. on. Um, I have yeah, one. And I have to say, it's not easy to try to click on the point of like makeup and beauty when you're pitching to a bunch of dudes. I like, bet. <laughs> I bet. That's really hard. I bet. Absolutely. I mean, I, the, I, the most relatable thing I could think we're up against is, you know, we're, we're content, right? And um, uh, creative services, yeah. which, um, uh, depending on the age demographic of the room we're walking into, it can either go completely over everybody's head or, you know, we've had situations where we've had to like 
totally strip down our story and, and make it very basic and simple um, for that investor to understand what the heck we're even creating. Um, I have one more question. I think the favorite question we love to ask um, founders, right? Because we're so vulnerable. Um, what has been your biggest fail that you'd like to share and how you recovered from it? Oh, my biggest fail. Oh, shoot. Or, so many fails. <laughs> okay, or, or guess, what's a, what's a fail that you were able to pivot and recover from and come out better on the other side? Well, one, there's so many, and, like, I'm <laughs> That's a really good point, this. but there are yeah. so many, because that's what success is, is just, like, fail after fail after fail after fail. <laughs> So many, you know, okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk about one that I'm living through right now because it feels that's so great raw and real to me right now. Which okay. Is, I, I didn't, um, I didn't plan my first round correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I, you know, I didn't, I didn't raise enough my first round. I'll just mm. say this. Um, I raised enough to get through a, a, a test round of mm. Renzo Box, like, to where I, you know, I did a pilot round of production, and for me, it was about getting enough stats where I could prove that, like, women would buy it and prove the business model that women would buy the pods and then, like, reorder the pods. Mm-hmm. And I did that, like, very quickly. Um, but in reality, I should have raised enough to do that, plus kind of, like, get the second round going. Some runway. And... Yeah, and I and I didn't do that. I was just like, okay, let me just get this part done, and then, you know, if, once I collect all the metrics on that, it'll be easy enough to raise. Uh, but in reality, it's, it's very different. You know, they tell you raise more than what you need, and I didn't know that at the time. Honestly, like I didn't go to business school. I, you know, I'm an architect. Like I didn't, I didn't know these things. So I was like, what's the minimum of what I need in order to right. kind of prove this? Thing? Yeah, sure. That um, sounds reasonable at yeah, the time. I thinking about yeah, I, you know. I, I'm, I'm kind of this per- I learn as I go kind of thing. And, um, I learn by doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm living through that pain point right now and it's okay because I've got, you know, other things to, so to sort of back me up and I've got enough to like keep moving forward or whatever. But I just, I guess my point in, in like sharing this is really that, um, one, don't make the mistake that I did. <laughs> Uh, raise more than what you need for your first round because your first round you're really you're raising on a vision right and I and now I'm, I'm raising on a vision twice right like I raised on a vision to like prove the pain like prove the pain point but now I like I don't have product market fit and these kind of things or whatever so mm-hmm. like I'm doing it I'm kind of like going through the hard stuff twice and um so yeah, that whole thing, raise more than what you think you actually need. But then the other is like, it's okay. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to fuck up. Like we're all going to fuck up. <laughs> and the point is just, just to sort of keep going, not sort of keep going, just keep going. Yeah. You know, I have felt the entire time I've been going through this. I can't tell you how many times I felt like, what am I doing? Like I'm a licensed architect i could just be designing buildings why am i making myself crazy over this thing um but every step of the way there's something good that happens and something some sort of like positive feedback that happens that sort of pushes me along the way and it's like it's a you know you're you're gonna have these ups and downs and all these crazy moments or whatever and 
it's just something that you'll, you're going to feel it. It'll, you'll feel it and you just have to keep moving forward. And regardless of all the mistakes that you've made in the past, it's like you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep just, just walk in that direction and you'll, you'll feel it. And that's what I, that's why I'm sharing this is like, you'll know. <laughs> wow. It's a strange thing to say, but like you kind of, you just, you know what I mean? Like you, you put one foot in front of the other and you kind of like, it's not completely blind. Like, you know, the strategy of where you're headed. Um, but I feel like, especially as women, we're taught to like, keep, we won't, we always question and we always are reevaluating. And sometimes you just have to feel it mm. and, and you'll feel the energy of what's mm -hmm. happening around you. And you feel the energy of like positive support around you. And you'll feel like, things sort of progressing and moving in the right direction. And um, even though it might not be happening at the pace that you thought was going to be happening, or you might not have, you know, strategized exactly perfectly or something, there's something that kind of like keeps pushing you in that direction. And um, you just can't give up on it. You just got to keep moving forward. Oh, that is so beautiful. I couldn't think of a better way to cap off this experience talking with you. And I'm so grateful for you taking time after this really exhausting long day, almost yeah. midnight. It yeah. is midnight over there. Um, and yeah. then being so transparent with what you've experienced so far. Thank you so, so much. Um, we like to finish the show with something I call a statement sip. And typically I have my guest um, look into the camera and say their thing and then take a sip of their tea. Um, but you're not here. Um, so I will do it for you. And I pulled something out of our conversation. Um, and I, would you like to use this or did you have a quote or a mantra or just something you like to say that you would want to share with us instead? I want to know what you pulled out. But I, I mean, I do have something, but I want to know what you pulled out. I pulled out. <laughs> if they did it, I can do it. There you go. That's great. Okay. So I'm going to look to the camera and for our audience, our statement sip today with Renee is... If they did it, I can do it. And that is another episode with Tea with Abby. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And thank you so much, Renee Graham from Renzo Box. Um, entrepreneur, talent extraordinaire, creative. Um, I hope to see you around Capital Factory soon. Yes. Awesome. We'll get some sleep tonight. And good luck uh, with the rest of your, you. your travels. Um, I hope it goes really well. Thanks so much for watching Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned. <laughs> smack that like button. See that like button? Smack it. Thanks so much for watching an episode of Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned with new episodes all year long. And if you want to learn more about Blended Sense, visit us at our website, www.blendedsense.com, or follow us on social at Blended Sense or at BlendedSense.io. See you next week.